You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we are going to begin with our new series of Shirin, Living the Future in the Present. And before we begin, just a public service announcement that the echo itself, the Kol Choyzer, um, is because I'm in an empty room right now, um, on the top floor of my, uh, of my home in Eretz Israel. And so there's just an echo, so I apologize for it. I tried with the headphones, it doesn't seem to be better, but that will be minimized. So I, I am really grateful for anybody who continues to listen in spite of the, uh, in spite of the frustration of the reverberating voice. Um, okay, so this series of Shirim is obviously like all series of Shirim that we give is a continuation. It's going to be building upon what we've learned in the past together. And we just spent nine weeks talking about trauma, talking about the inner world of trauma, talking about the relative nature of trauma and speaking about what it means to be an individual in this world who is prepared for the trauma of redemption that anticipatory excitement over that moment where everything was going to be changed, where the way we thought things had been going and the way we thought things were is suddenly going to be revealed to us in front of our very eyes, that it's lehepach, that it's an oilem hafuch re'isi, and a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to come without milchama and without hariga, and a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to transform everything into the good. And we're going to be traumatized because we're suddenly going to see that all of the fear and all of the discomfort and all of the jealousy and the temptations and the honorifics that we so often seek that take us out of our world were like a klipa, like a husk that covered over the essential fruit. And as that husk dissipates, we're suddenly forced to acknowledge the sudden burst of unbearable light. And that's the trauma of redemption when Mashiach arrives. It's going to be it's going to be sudden and it's going to be a, a transformation and a transvaluation of everything that we thought was true. Latova. And at that point, not only will it be the trauma of redemption, but it will also be the redemption of trauma. We're also going to see how all of the inyanim in our own individual lives, as well as our collective experience as a nation, are in truth part and parcel of the progression towards Gurudha and how everything that we thought was a yurida, and everything that we thought was a degradation of experience, whether it be on a national level, on an individual level, on a spiritual level, on a psychological or physical level, was in truth the growing process towards redemption in all of its facets. And one of the important things that we have to understand about redemption, one of the important things that we have to understand about what this 
event that we're all waiting for is going to be is like so much of spiritual life, it is going to be an individualized personal experience. The Eretz HaTzvi, Rav Avram Tzvi Fromer, Susa Ganaleinu Hashem Yom Komdomo, was murdered Kedush Hashem, the Rosh Hashiva of Chachme Leblin, a Goyen Oilam. In the end of his Sefer and Parsha, he has a small kuntras written by a Talmud of his who was also murdered Kedush Hashem. And over there, he brings down a very important, a simple but essential teaching. And he says that when it comes to the arrival of Mashiach, when it comes to the arrival of redemption, and again, redemption on any level that we're anticipating redemption, but also redemption on the level that we're also really anticipating redemption, that the Pasuk tells us that it's going to be we're going to be like dreamers. It's going to have been like a dream. The entirety of Gullus and the transformation from Gullus into Gula is going to feel like a dream. And in this Sefer at the end of the Eretz HaTzviyah Torah, it says, what does Chazal tell us about a dream? What do the rabbis tell us about a dream? That when a person has a dream, the secret of a dream interpretation is that the interpretation follows the individual interpretation that the dream itself has no essential fixed meaning. There's no essentialist reading of a dream as if this is the truth of the dream, but the truth of the dream is the interpretation of the dream. Meaning to say that the multifaceted, splintered, fragmented way of the manifold processes of interpretation, each person according to their own understanding becomes a very truth of the dream. So Hayinu Kechomen means that the way we interpret this event to be is exactly what it is for us because our interpretation of the dream is magadir. It determines the very balance of that dream. It's not simply an interpretation of a real event and a real content of information that is correct, but it is a neutral information experience that then gets read and understood through the human interpretation. The interpretation itself becomes the mark of truth. And just as a dream follows the personal interpretation, so too does redemption follow the personal interpretation. Which means to say that when it comes to understanding the future, when it comes to understanding what redemption could mean or what it might mean or what it will mean, we also have to grab and, and live with the idea that it is how we expect it and it's how we're going to anticipate it and it's what we want our redemption to be Kacha, that's how Mashiach Tzidkenu, that's how redemption is going to reveal itself to us. One of the elements, one of the distinctions between Chutzlaretz and Eretz Yisrael, as explained in the Tikkun Zohar, as explained throughout Shas, as explained throughout the writings of the Tzadikim, in particular Rabbi Nachman of Brestov, is that Chutzlaretz, outside of Eretz Yisrael, and again, Outside of Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, these are mindsets. These are not necessarily geographic locations. These are also mindsets that a person experiences. One of the essential differences is similar to the difference between the six days of the week and Shabbos. The six days of the week, Chutzlaretz, operate in accordance with the spiritual potency of Bina, of understanding. And Shabbos, or Eretz Yisrael, operates in accordance with the spiritual power of chachma, of wisdom. We know, or we've been taught, or we've seen, if we've opened up a Tanya, and we've opened up Svarim HaKadoshim, that aside from the emotional strengths that each and every person is comprised of, the seven particular emotional 
points within the self that contain infinite multitudes of experience. There's also three, at least at first glance, intellectual processes, ways of thinking, ways of seeing, ways of grappling with reality from the objective space of our mind. There's Chachma, there's Bina, and there's Das. So, and in another way of looking at it, there's Kesa, there's Chachma, and there's Bina. For our purposes, what we're going to look at right now is the distinction between Chachma and Bina, wisdom and understanding. We'll begin with the lower level and work our way up to the higher level. Bina is fragmentation. Bina is the capacity of the mind to discern the difference between one thing and another, to be aware of the distinctions and the boundaries that mark one thing, thereby separating it from some other thing, allowing us to grasp the details in their particularization, allowing us to have a deep understanding of the very basic building blocks that make up the idea, breaking it down into smaller and smaller and smaller points until we have multiple points laid out in front of us. And while this form of understanding offers a deep investment within the idea, nevertheless, it is also the birthplace of fragmentation. Because once I have fragmented an idea, once I'm operating with the mindset, with the left orientation of the brain, which discerns and it breaks things up, I am now looking at things in their particularization. I am now looking at things in their individualized and separate nature, which already places me in the place of disintegration, of frustration, and it gives birth to the possibility of severity and negativity, which is why the Zohar HaKadosh refers to Bina as a place of dinin and misabrim minei, that severity and judgment representative of confusion, of forgetfulness, the exile of the self from itself, are all emerging from within the womb of Bina. The womb of Bina, the mindset of understanding, the detailed discernment between one thing and another, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives understanding to the rooster so that it has the capacity of discerning between night and day, again representative of the fact that Bina, understanding, is the capacity to discern from one thing or another. But that very discernment naturally gives birth to multiplicity, which just through its natural flow of expressivity will emerge into fragmentation, which is why gavura and severity and dinim and difficulty and concealment are born out of Bina. Ani Bina li Gvura, the Pasuk says. I am Bina and Gvura is mine. Meaning to say that once I'm operating in that mindset of a fragmentation of looking at things and their particularization and the separation between one thing and another, I'm already opening myself up to the susceptibility of Gvura, of severity, because the light of unity is no longer apparent. And the work of the six days of the week and the work of Chutzlaretz is to enter into that space of Bina, is to enter into that space of fragmentation, is to enter into that space of particularization and the birthplace of darkness, to try and find within the, the vestiges of the lost unity, the echoes of the original unity, to sift through the broken stones of the original home and to try and remember by building from the bottom back up through an orthoser, through a returning light that is no longer accessing the original light, but now trying to climb back up to that original idea that must have been here. The destruction screams out that there was once a building. 
but Bina is still rooted in our capacity to uncover the light from within the distortion, to see from within the multiplicity how a unified vision can emerge. Chachma, on the other hand, is a very different way of thinking. Chachma is a perspective of holistic unity. It sees things in their wholeness. It sees the idea in its wholeness. It is not looking at separation or distortion. It is not looking at the details. It is looking at the grand picture of things. Chachma is related to the right side of things which sees things in their totality. Chachma is the light of Shabbos where there is no distortion and there is no discernment and a person no longer enters into the Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanah is the domain of multiplicity, the domain of fragmentation where there are multiples and expressions and fractals that descend ad infinitum. But on Shabbos, the person enters into that place of the Rosh Hashanah, into that domain of unity, the domain of singularity where all things are representative of a singular truth. Now, while Chachma is this grand vision of a holistic whole without distortion, seeing things at first glance with a burst like a lightning bolt of the mind, while Chachma does represent the more clarified vision of the whole, what it lacks is the capacity of discerning the details, of going down into the particulars and understanding how the idea is made. And so Chachma has the benefit of seeing things in their holistic unity, and it has a deficiency in the fact that it can't grasp the particulars, while Bina has the elevated capacity of descending down into particulars, but it doesn't have the capacity of seeing the thing in its unified whole. The goal is not to be in Bina, to live in a world of fragmentation, to live in a world of separation and discernment and distortion, and then to finally graduate from it, ignoring it and leaving it behind, entering into a place of Chachma that sees things in a holistic, unified way. The goal, rather, is to draw the light of multiplicity, to draw the light of fragmentation, to draw that experience of the gnarly details wherein the voice of unity is so distant that a person begins to forget about unity. We need to drag it into the space of unity. The goal is to take the disunity of Bina and bring it into the place of Chachma so that we can begin to view the details in their true wholeness. And that's going to be the guiding principle in the shirim that we're going to be giving in terms of seeing the future in the present. Just as the six days of the week, just as chutzlarats represent bina and fragmentation and distortion and disunity, so too does the present nature of history, the present nature of our experience in a pre-redemptive state, it represents bina. It represents fragmentation. It represents a time where the beginning, the middle, and the end are fragmented from one another. While Chachma represents that point in time, that future where all things are revealed to be unified. And while we're not quite at a place of Chachma yet, we're not quite at a place where the Moichin of Chachma, the mindset of pure unity of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is revealed, where all I see is God, of Eina and Movado, and all of the distortion is non-existent, and everything is Ayin, and everything is nothingness, and everything is Bittu and I don't exist, and distortion doesn't exist. 
until we're at that place, we need to grapple with the Kalim of Bina. We need to learn how to take the disunity of Bina and drag the light of the future into the disunity of Bina. Our job in exile is to take the unity of Chachma, is to take that holistic vision of that, would, that which is going to be revealed in the future and to drag it down into the exilic experience right now so that even while we're still in Bina, even while we're still in Chutzlar, it's even when we're still in the six days of the week, even when we're still in a pre-redemptive state, we can drag down the vision of the future and learn to look at our experience in exile with a vision, with the re'iyo, with the histakus, with a way of viewing that sees how things are going to be. And even though they're not there yet, we're able to live as if they are here right now. We're able to drag Chachma into Bina and Bina into Chachma. And that's going to be the Mahalach and the Shirim. What we're going to try and understand is how is it possible to find joy? How is it possible to find comfort? How is it possible to find the Menucha Sanefesh? How is it possible to breathe? How is it possible to rest assuredly in our situatedness in an exilic state when things are still broken? when things are still shattered, when the Beis HaMikdash is still not present, when the Beis HaMikdash of each and every person's mind is still not built, when each and every person is still crying out over their own particular chasronos, when the gullus of the Shekhinah is still real, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in this world is not presently revealed in the way that it needs to be revealed. How is it possible for Yid to find Simcha? How is it possible for a Jew to live B'mei Menuchos? And the answer is, that even though the future has yet to arrive, we can learn to drag the future into the present and learn to see the present through the lens of the future, thereby revealing to ourselves that in truth, in truth, even in the present, I can taste the future. Now this light, this capacity of looking at the present state of fragmentation and brokenness and difficulty where each person's experience is generally speaking rooted in their own deficiencies and their lacks and their desires and their brokenness. And our ability to view that situation through the lens of Chachma, through the lens of a holistic unity where we know that where we know that even though all of the distortion is very real, Hashem is still the unified principle here and everything is good. This capacity is a gift that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has planted in the world. This re'iya, this ability for an individual to live in the present moment as if the future is present right now, is a gift that comes down into the world through the tzaddik. This is a spiritual potency that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has prearranged from the beginning of creation, prior to creation, with an awareness that there's going to be a certain point in exile, there's going to be a certain point in Dulles, where the Bina-oriented mindset, where the fragmented mindset of separation is going to be so thick and it's going to be so suffocating and the individual is not going to be able to get out of bed because of all of the distortion and the chasronos and the difficulty. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was makdim refuel lamaka. HaKadosh Baruch Hu prepared the medicine, which was the Torah of the Tzadik. Now the Torah of the Tzadik, and that we've spoken about so often, descends through the multi-verses and the universes of all different types of tzaddikim. But generally speaking, as the tzaddik Rabbi Yitzhak Morgan Morgenstern Shlita points out, 
based on the works of Rabbi Nachman, as explicit in the writings of Rabbi Avram and Rabbi Nachman, is that there were Hamisha Yechidehavers, that the five singular tzaddikim through whom Panimiya Satora descended into this world. First and foremost, there was Moshe Rabbeinu, Raya and in truth, all of the five tzaddikim that we're going to be speaking about, every iteration of Torah is an iteration of Moshe Rabbeinu. All there is is Moshe Rabbeinu. There's no different tzaddikim. They're all just different expressions of Moshe Rabbeinu who stretches from the beginning of creation towards the end of creation until Mashiach. Because Masha Haya Hushi Masha Moshe, Mashiach, they're both interconnected. And so first and foremost, there's Moshe. Moshe gives us the revealed Torah. Then after Moshe, there's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, through the revelation of the Zohar HaKadosh, gives us the concealed teachings related to the revealed teachings of Moshe Rabbeinu. The Zohar HaKadosh is an interpretation of Torah Shabbat It takes Pesukim and it opens them up and it says the Pasuk is not simply a corridor, it's an entire world. There are worlds and worlds and worlds within each and every word of the Torah. After Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, there was the Arizal. The Arizal was the Gilui of Panimiya Satara. It was a language that was not necessarily rooted in Torah Shadav although much of it is rooted in the last of the books of Torah Shadav which is Daniel. But the Arizal gives us a new language. The Arizal gives us a language of Panimiya Satara. He teaches us about worlds. He teaches us about Simpson. He teaches us about Adam Kadman and Atzilus and Bri, Yitzir and Asiya but it still remained the concealed Torah. And comes along the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh and he reveals the revealed aspect of the concealed Torah, which is Torah Sachasimus. And then we have Rabbi Nachman and we have all of the different iterations and all of the Batim Adrashim, Chabad, Morinayim, Magad HaKadosh, all of the different Hamidim. But what the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh did for us was that he took the secrets of the Ariza, he took the secrets of the Ariza, and he drew them down to the human being themselves. It's often said in the writings of Chabad that the Arizal took the human being and brought him up to Shalom. It took our mundane experience down here, dull and void and boring in the psychotheology of everyday life and allowed us to gain insight to view through a speculum that shines the inner workings of reality but it still remained the lot of the unique few who were considered worthy of studying these teachings. And it was still caught up in that very natural, all too human hierarchical process of those who know and those who have a right to know and those who don't know and those who don't have a right to know or what we can refer to as the politics of secrecy. The Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh came along and the Baal Shem Tov was not the first of his kind. The Baal Shem Tov was in truth the last of his kind. Was a medicine man who wandered the forests of Ukraine helping young children and slain werewolves when they threatened to hurt the children. A magician of sorts, a healer, someone who understood the deep depths that the secrets and the secrets and the secrets of Torah are to be found in the human occurrences of each and every person that he encountered. And as opposed to the Arizal, who brought the human being from below and lifted him above to gain insight into the celestial workings through that speculative insight, the Balshanto drew Shemayim down into the person. He said, no longer is our ability to view the inner workings 
only the lot of the select few, the intelligentsia of the door, but rather it is the right and is the God-given right of each and every human being to behold and discern the deepest secrets of reality. Because this is the gift, this is the comfort of what it means to be human. Yes, it's difficult to be human, but to be human also means that you can learn chasidus. To be human also means that a person can gain insight into the deepest secrets of Torah as they speak to the individual in their own experience. From my own flesh, I shall behold the Kaddish Baruch My basar is my chisarum, my basar, my flesh, my human experience, my situatedness, my human conditionality, the vicissitudes of what it means to be human, all of the difficulties and the ups and the downs that each and every human being goes through. Not only is that not an interruption to the spiritual quest, that is the very sight that a person encounters God. It is from within my chisarim, it is from within my human situated, stuck in the author of this world, in the dir betachtein and mamash, in the lowest place imaginable, where in the light of the infinite can still shine, it is specifically there that we have the capacity of encountering the light of the Kaddish Baruch. And the Balshemtov showed us that each and every one of us has the capacity of grasping everything there is to grasp, no matter where we find ourselves. No matter where a person encounters themselves in their lives, they have the capacity of uncovering the light of unity in this place. And the Chiddush of the Balshemtov, as the Lubavitcher Rebbe Sluse points out in Kuntros and Yanni Shaltaris Achasidus, and Trevitzok Maya Morgenstern Shinta points out in his Maimur Darachetz Chaim on the Ikri Yisoyed of Taras Achasidus, as the Beis Yaakov of Ishbitz, his son, Sayyid Sharon, points out in his Hakdama to the Beis Yaakov in the Yisoyed Vishayrish HaAvoida. The ore of Teres HaChasidus is the capacity to taste the future in the present, to taste Shabbos prior to Shabbos arriving. What the Vashemtov enables us to do is to look at our lives in the moment that we find ourselves, not only through the present context of our difficulty, not only from the perspective of the problem, but rather through the lens of the solution, through the lens of redemption. The Torah of Mashiach, the Torah of the Balshem Tavakadosh, which includes the Torah of the Vilnagon and the Torah of the Ramchal and the Torah of the Rashash and the Torah of the Bali Musar and the Torah of Lamdus and all of the Torah in the world. What that Torah enables us to do is to look at ourselves in this broken down palace, in this broken moment in time, in this fragment in time that's floating in the universe of fragmentation and Vina and to see the future as it is beginning to flow into the present moment, to taste redemption now, to begin to look at ourselves as fixed. And even though we're not fixed, and even though we're not whole, nevertheless, to live with that mindset of what will be as if it already is. And if we think that way enough, and if we learn to be that way enough, taka, it becomes that way. The future becomes now. The future splits open the present moment and it reveals itself to have been that which was always. That the redemption is always emerging and flowing into our minds. And so when we talk about the capacity to live the future in the present moment, what we have to understand is that this is a giloi. The Torah of Hasidus is a giloi. The Torah of the Arizal is a giloi. These are not simply human beings who are able through their intellectual capacity to discern new secrets and new layers of Torah, there was a time and a place that a Kaddish Baruch Hu decided that these teachings had to be revealed. These teachings had to be revealed after the traumatic cataclysms that the Jewish people had gone through. 
without the Chemlaki massacres, without the Kasa Arur of Shabtai Tzvi and the fissure and the trauma that they created within reality, the Balshemtov's Torah could have never arrived. The Balshemtov's Torah had to arrive from within the darkened forests of Ukraine, from within the dilapidated houses of impoverished individuals who have lost all insight and all interest into spiritual work because they were considered as null and void because they couldn't sit and learn Gemara for 20 hours a day. It was specifically out of the Yeyush, it was specifically out of that difficult sunken place that the light of the Balshemtov emerged that the darkened sky over Eastern Ukraine was split open with an unbearable light of the or of Mashiach Tzitkeni, of the or of the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov, the Torah of Mashiach, which says, you can live right now as if the future is here. One of the first things that we're going to see as we begin to delve into these ideas more and more is going to be that the Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov gave us the ability to look at the world through a lens of Chachma. Before the Baal Shem Tov, we were forced to look at a world through a lens of Bina, through a world of Chutzlaretz, through a world of fragmentation, through a world of separation, of disunity, of one Masechta and another Masechta and another Masechta and another Masechta and another Daf and another Daf with no connectivity between the Daf and the Gemara, of one Mitzvah and another Mitzvah, no connectivity between those Mitzvahs. And I daven and then I go to work and there's no connectivity between the two of them. I daven or I think positively and then I go to eat and there's no connectivity between the two of them. Comes along the Balshemta with the master of the good name and he says, everything is unified. If you want to taste redemption, begin to look at your life through a lens of unified vision to see your entire experience, your entire existence as one fell swoop of the way the Sashem. The Balshemta of Nitzavah Sarivash writes as follows. Each and every person has to serve God with all of their strength to the point of expiration. Every aspect of an individual's life is for the sake of heaven. Because what a Kaddish Baruch desires of the individual is to serve him in every which way. And the intention of this is that there are going to be times where an individual walks and is engaged with other human beings and they're incapable of engaging in spiritual matters. And at that point, the person has to remain connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to be unifying unifications in the very moment that they're engaged in the opposite of unification. And so too is when a person is walking along the path and they're not able to pray and they're not able to learn. The person has to learn to serve God in all of their ways. And a person should not cause themselves pain over the fact that they're not doing what they feel is their spiritual best because God wants us to serve Him in every way. Sometimes it's going to be this way and sometimes it's going to be that way. And that is why God has set up for us. That is why Kaddish Baruch has set up for us this path of ourselves, the path of our lives. The light of Hasidus teaches us to see ourselves in a unified vision. And the Balshem Tov and the Vilna Gon are unified in this vision. That there is no fragmentation. We have to learn how to see every aspect of our lives through the, constant, through the context of Tachus. The context of serving Kaddish Baruch in this moment. And when we're able to enter into that mindset, when we're able to enter into that mindset of chachma, of seeing everything as unified, even that which seems to be the opposite of my spiritual work, even that which seems to be the opposite of my spiritual connectivity, we can begin to look at our lives not as deferred experiences that are simply waiting for some eventual arrival, but rather we can bring redemption into our lives right now. Now, our own individual redemption does not mean that redemption has actually arrived. It means redemption has arrived for me. 
But as we're going to see in the Shirim, as we continue, once redemption arrives for me, it's my job to begin to see it that way for the rest of the world as well. That one of the most important things that Hasidus and Panimius Torah teach us is that each and every individual is a world unto themselves. And every single thing other than myself is peripheral to my vision. And so if I can learn to view my life with the Or of Chachma, if I can learn to view my life with the world of unity, then Mamela, the entire world gets fixed. And in this moment, in each moment, which represents the wholeness of reality, as we're going to see as we continue to delve into what it means to psychologically live with these ideas of redemption now, even prior to redemption, we're going to see that if I learn how to transfix my vision, if I learn how to change my eyes from eyes of Bina and fragmentation to eyes of Chachma, then Mamela, I bring redemption to the world in this moment. And it's only through the Balshanta Bakadosh, and it's only through the Tzadikah Adoros, it's only through Rabbi Nachman and the Balatani and the Domidor and the Ramchal and the Rashash and all of the Tzadikim that we can even begin to speak this language. And through the living Tzadikim of our generation that we begin to taste of the irrigating waters of Gan Eden as they descend into the world that is right now. As we're going to see the essential point of all of our discussions in this series of Shirim is going to be that in Chazal, when the Gemara wants to describe the world to come, they refer to it as Oilam Haba, the future world that is not yet here that stands at the ready to arrive at some future point. And that's a perspective of Bina, that's a perspective of separation. Nigolo Satora, Taman Bavli, Gemara, those are all Bina-oriented experiences. They're essential to spiritual experience. They're the most valuable. But it's still a Bina perspective, a fragmented perspective, sees the future as something that stands at the ready to arrive once the present is over. When you look at the Zohar HaKadosh, when you look at the Zohar HaKadosh, which is the light of Chachma, which is the light of Pnimi Satora, the world to come is not referred to as Olam Haba, it's referred to as Alma Da'asi, Alma Da'asi Tadir, the future world that is perpetually arriving, the world that is perpetually coming, the world that is perpetually melting into my experience right now. And if I can open myself up enough and I can open my mind and empty my mind and vacate my mind and create a symptom in my mind, I can allow the waters of Ghanaian to irrigate my mind right here, right now. And in the future, when Mashiach Tzidkenu finally arrives, as Rabbi Nachman tells us, we'll be able to say, wait a second, this is redemption? This is Mashiach? Zeh? Zeh Hashem Kibinu Lo? This is the one I've been waiting for all along? Zeh, this is the thing I've always known it to be. I experienced this in Gullus also. I experienced redemption in Gullus. I just didn't know it. And Halavai, we can be Zilcha to now know it. The Balshemto gave us access to knowing that we can taste redemption right now. To end this introduction, something that, uh, something that I've always said about, uh, about the Tzadik or Yitzhak Maya Morgenstern is that after all of the Torah and after all of the ideas, there's something about the Tzadik's smile. There's something about the Tzadik's laugh. And we know this to be true, but Tisvak Leomacharon, that the Mashiach said King was going to do, is he's going to reveal the laughter of the future. Because what exile is, what reality is, is a big joke. The Tzimtzum is the biggest joke of all. The fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu vacated Kavyachol, a space that emptied himself out, Kavyachol, as if such a thing was possible, as if there was anything other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as if there was anything other than the saturating light of the surrounding light and the feeling light of a Kaddish Baruch at every moment, that's the biggest joke that's ever been played in reality. It's the biggest joke that's ever been told. 
But the punchline of the joke stands at the ready to be revealed when Mashiach comes. Mashiach is going to come and say that symptom, whether it's kapshuta, whether it's not kapshuta, which are straw men to begin with, those are meaningless terms because the symptom is both literal and not riddle at once, as we discussed in the Shiram and the Leshem. The joke stands at the ready to be revealed when Mashiach comes, the Tisvak Maharam. Comes along the Balshemtov, comes along the Tzadikim, and they tell us the punchline of the joke. We now know the punchline of the joke. We know that Simpson is not real. We know that the Bina is not only Bina, but it's also Chachma. We know that the fragmentation is not only fragmentation, but it's also really unity. But what do we do when we know the punchline of the joke prior to the joke being over? We're not allowed to laugh. It's inappropriate to tell the punchline of the joke prior to the joke being over. So we're forced to live with a silent, humble, modest awareness of the punchline of the joke without being able to reveal it externally because it hasn't been revealed yet. So the light of Hasidus allows us to live with the knowledge that this big joke is that the MS, it's all Gula. Everything is Gula. Kadush Baruch is everything. Hakol Bakol. Hakol Bakol. Les Asr Panimine. And the more and more that we can learn the punchline of the joke, eventually the teller of the joke is going to be forced to say, okay, Chavra, I see that you all know the punchline of the joke, and then the joke gets told, and we can say, the Tisvak Leom So Be'ezra Sashem, the process of the Shirim is going to be trying to learn, trying to cultivate a mindset of what it means on a very practical level, to live with an awareness of things being okay. Because ultimately, the Gula is when a Yid recognizes that I can be okay right now. I can be a little bit more comfortable right now. I don't have to be so stressed out. I don't have to be so anxious. I don't have to worry so much. I can trust a little bit. I can taste a little bitachon. I can believe in meaning after meaning has been obliterated into an infinite amount of fragments where it's unrecognizable anymore. And as we slowly allow ourselves to live with that second naivete that we spoke about, with that willingness to have amuna kipshuto, eventually it's gonna become the very real thing, Ezra Sashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.